0: Thanks, and again, if you are a guest today, thank you so much for being with us. I'm Alex Shelton, I'm the senior pastor here at the Church. And if you have not um, taken time to fill out like the connection pad, please uh, do so if you would like, because that's the way that we follow what I guess. That's the way that we can help you get connected more to our body, if that's your uh, desire. So if you have your Bible, please open it to Matthew chapter 5 verses, we'll be looking at verses 33 through 37. Matthew chapter 5, verses 33 through 37. How great a force is set ablaze by such a small fire. And the tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set among our members, staining the whole body, setting the own fire of the entire course of life. Fire by hell. For every kind of beast and bird or reptile or sea creature can be tamed and has been tamed by mankind. But no human being can tame its own. It is a restless evil, full of death and poison. With it we bless the Lord and our Father, and with it we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. Mm. From the same mouth comes less and curse. It says, James. is justice. Saints, uh, a loose tongue starts fires and drums. you got to talk to people. A restless tongue, it writes checks that it really can't catch. A lying tongue, it, it hates those whom it wounds. A gossiping tongue, uh, it repeats matters that, that, that can separate close friends. And a, a slender tongue is as sharp as a circus tongue, poison of vipers on A self deprecating tongue, which reverses self hate. And a complaining tongue is never satisfied or breaking. Mm-hmm. TBC saying the tongue is small, but yet it is powerful. It is powerful. What kind of tongue do you possess? What kind of tongue do you possess? How have you used your tongue this week? Jesus wants his people to possess a certain type of tongue. And his people are those who have saving faith in him alone. That, that's, that's, that's what it means to be uh, considered a person of uh, the people of Christ. You don't, you're, not, you're, not, you don't, you're not part of his flock. It's by coming to church. His people are those who confess him to him that they are sinners and, and separated from God. People who have repented of those sins and people who have surrendered to him and submitted to him as both Lord and Savior. His people are those who have been covered in the precious blood of Christ. Blood that would never lose time. power. And so, this Jesus says he wants his people to have a certain kind of power. And he shows us what that looks like in Matthew chapter 5 and verses 33 to 37 today. And these verses are a continuation of Jesus showing us the kind of righteousness that it sees, Shri from the Pharisees. And in them, he shows us the type of tongue he wants the people to possess. And it is a tongue with humility. Thank A tongue with humility. And such a tongue is a wave of wholeness. It's an interpersonal wholeness. A tongue with integrity is a flourishing tongue. It builds up and it does not tear down. It speaks life and not death. Look with me, Matthew 5, again in verse 33. Again, you have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not swear falsely, but you shall perform to the Lord when you have sworn
1: but i say to you, do not take an oath at all,
0: either by heaven, for it is the throne of God, or by earth, for it is his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And do not take an oath by your head, for you cannot make one hair black or white. Let what you say simply be yes or no. Anything more than that comes from evil. It is God's holy, perfect, inerrant word. Please pray with the for me. As I often pray, Holy Spirit, the preacher is just a person. He is not part of the Godhead. He is just a messenger. The preacher is in need of the same grace that he preaches. And so, Holy Spirit, I need you to move me to the side, my ego, my pride, and I need you to take what is preached here and apply it to my heart and also apply it to the hearts so of that everyone that's here. Yeah. You have to do that. We, I can't do that. You have to do it. So Holy Spirit, when you do what only you can do, lead the people of Christ into truth. I pray for all this. His name. Jesus began this passage with the same phrase he, he used in previous passages. And y'all know what the phrase is, but now you should know. You have heard that it was said to those of old. And you should remember what that phrase represents. It represents Israel's traditional, historical, and cultural understanding and interpretation and application of God's word law. and law. This phrase it communicates strictly a literal interpretation. It focuses on the letter of the law, highlights only external obedience. It does not deal with the issues of the heart. It's focusing on performance and production. And in verse 23, Christ connects this phrase with the Old Testament teaching on oaths and vows. Which are records. you with and use of the tongue. So you use your tongue if you take an oath, you use your tongue when you make a vow. So, what is a vow? What is an oath? How do you define them? To put them simply, a oath is a promise made to another person by invoking God to bear witness. You are called upon God to bear witness that you're going to do what you said you're going to do. And a vow is a promise made to God Himself. And both of these have a binding character attached to them. Everyone who takes an oath or makes a vow must fulfill what was promised. Must fulfilled. what was promised. Verse 33, look at verse 33 with me. Here's Christ speaking. He says, Again, you have heard it said to them of old, you shall not swear falsely, but you shall perform to the Lord what you have said. These words are a summary of several Old Testament passages that teach us about Old and and T.V.C. Saints, the Old Testament, it isn't against oaths and vows. It's not against them. It's against making an oath and breaking it. It's against making a vow and not honoring it. It's against making promises that you really have no intentions on fulfilling. That's what it's against. Oaths and vows, they were a common practice in ancient Israel. And this was a common practice, even amongst the cultures in the ancient days. East. Listen to what Leviticus 19:12 12 says. It says, You shall not swear by my name falsely, or so profane the name of your God. I am Yahweh. Numbers 32 says, If a man vows about to the Lord, or swears an oath to bind himself by pledge, he shall not break his word. He shall do according to all that proceeds out of his mouth. These are all amen verses. Deuteronomy 23, 23 says, You shall be careful to do what passes your lips, For you have voluntarily vowed to your Lord God what you have promised to do with your mouth. Deuteronomy 10, 20, You shall fear the Lord your God. You shall serve Him and hold fast to Him. And by His name shall you swear. Again, the Old Testament isn't against them taking a vow, making an oath. And neither is doing this. Even the Apostle Paul makes an oath in Romans 1, verses 9 and 10. He says, For God is my witness. What is that? What, is, what, what does that mean? For God is my witness, whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of His Son, that without ceasing I mention you always in my prayers. He's, he, he, he's, he's taking an oath. He's calling God to bear witness to his actions. And Hebrews you 16 says, for people swear about something greater than you said. And in their dispute, an oath is a final confirmation. Taking an oath, making a vow, a common practice. And even if they even common within America. And some of y'all know them, right? There are marriage vows, right? If you're married, there's church membership vows. If you're going to church, there's a Hippocratic vow if you're a medical professional, you take that vow to be a doctor. There's the oath of office. You familiar with that oath? That's what the President of the United States takes every time he's sworn into office. There's an oath to testify in court. Like if you be going to court, you testify to tell the truth. You make an oath to tell the truth. There's even an oath of citizenship. And when a person wants to become a citizen of our country, there's an oath that they recite. If you want to be part of Boy Scouts or Girl Scouts, yeah, there's an oath. <laughs> and I'm sure there are many more oaths that, that, that exist, I just don't know all of them. The point is that they're common. They're common. The term catechism comes from the Greek word that means to teach or, and to put it put it another way, to teach with your tongue. And Christian catechisms, they are really summaries of Christian teachings in the form of questions and answers. We read one of those today. And the Heidelberg Catechism in one of them. Uh, question 101 of this catechism says, But may we swear an oath? in God's name, if we do it with deep and solemn respect. What do you believe the answer to heaven is? But may we swear it over, in God's name, if we do it with deep and solemn respect. you participate? <laughs> yes, answer yes. yes. Come on. He says yes. When the government demands it, or when necessary, or when necessity requires it, in order to maintain or promote truth and trustworthiness for God's glory and our neighbor's good, such oaths are grounded in God's word, and they were rightly used by His people in the old English days. What oaths have you taken to me? What vows have you committed yourself to? Such what promises have you made to others? What have you sworn? yourself that you're going to succeed. See, so please understand, when you do that, you're using your tongue. But are you using it why? Are you using it with his career? What are you saying? It? If the Bible isn't against taking oaths and making vows, then what is Jesus' problem? Like what is he upset about? What, what's his concern with the practice? If the Bible isn't against it, why does he even have to say again? You heard that it was said to those of old. Jesus' concern is with the historical, the cultural, and traditional application of this practice. He doesn't like how people are swearing and making promises, and Jesus sees through their trickery and deceit. Our Savior has an issue with the formula that is being used to make an open vow. You see, this formula that is being used is similar to the one that we use today. Whoever has, whoever done a pinky swear. Mm-hmm. 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 Whoever said, I swear on my grave we tell the truth. Yeah, I'm a I swear on my grave we tell the truth. Yeah. My bird is my mom. I cross my heart, hope to die. I'm not lying. Mm-hmm. So we have our formula too. Yeah. And so the formula that they created is actually being used as a loophole. As a loophole. And and a loophole is when you try to find inadequacy in a rule or a standard. You see, the loophole that they created, it allowed them to get around certain rules. It allowed them to get around something that that these oaths and vows committed them to. This loophole is being used as a secondary way to make an oath and to make a vow. Without an individual being bound to fulfill what they committed themselves to. It allowed them to do it in such a way, if I break it, I'm good. The secondary way was being used as opposed to the primary way to make the oath and vows. But there is a primary way. See, oaths and vows are common, saints, but they're serious. And you know why they're serious for Christians. Seriousness comes from the fact that oaths and vows, they fall under the third commandment. You shall not take the name of your Lord God in vain. I read a devotional this week on ViganMan.com, and it says, since oaths and vows are sworn in the name of God, they fall under the right application of what it means not to take his name in vain. That's the primary way to take an oath or a vow that's sworn in the name of God. Before in his name, take taken in vain when someone doesn't fulfill what they're promised to do. Remember what Hebrews 6 says. When people swear about something greater than themselves, and in all of disputes, is used. An oath is filed for confirmation. Do you see why the secondary way is created as a loophole? It allows people, it allows people make an oath, to make a vow without swearing it in the name of the Lord God. And in the end, they end up swearing by lesser things so they won't be guilty of taking the name in vain when they don't fulfill their Mm commitment. Luke-hole, right? One Christian says, people were swearing oaths by these things, heaven, earth, Jerusalem, and one's own head without using God's name and on that basis, releasing themselves from fulfilling the promise that they're given. So they gave themselves a way out. It's a point. The secondary way, it has the appearance of righteousness. It has the appearance of making one's words trustworthy and honest and credible. But beneath the surface, something else is going on. People are promising and swearing with their fingers crossed behind their backs. Making promises with no intention of fulfilling them. And Old no Testament saints that is deceitful. That is a deceitful tongue. That is a dishonest tongue. And that is a tongue that has no taste. Listen to what the message Bible says. You only make things worse when you lay down a smoke screen of pious tongues. Saying, I'll pray for you and never do Saying, God be with you and not me neither. You don't make your words true by embellishing them with religious laces. Yes. Mm-hmm. If making your speech sound more religious, it becomes this true. Mm-hmm. This secondary way of taking the an oath and is Jesus is concerned. That's the issue. And our Savior, he isn't happy with a tongue that's used in <coughs> the smoke and talk. He's mm-hmm. not impressed with a tongue that's laced and religious and Spiritual and theological jargon. He's not pleased with a tongue that lacks integrity, one is dishonest and deceitful. And so he corrects this in verses 34 through 36. And his words here are just as the Lord. But I say to you, do not take an oath at all, either by heaven, for it is the throne of God, or by earth, for it is his footstool, or by Jerusalem. For it is the city of the great king. Do not take an oath by your head. For you cannot make one hair white or black. Amen. Again, do you see what he's doing? Do you see his corrections? Do you understand what he's doing? You can you shake your head? No, I don't have no deal problem. talking about In Matthew chapter three, 23, Jesus issued seven woes to the scribes and Pharisees. And one of the woes has to do with taking oaths and making vows and swearing. Listen to what your Savior says to these men. He says, Woe to you blind God, who say, If one swears by the temple, it is nothing. But if someone swears by the gold on the temple, then he's bound by his oath. You fools, which is greater, the gold or the temple that has been made the gold set safe. And you say, If anyone swears by the altar, it is nothing if you swear by the gift that is on the altar, then he's bound by his oath. You blind man, which is greater, the altar or the altar that makes the gift safe. So whoever swears by the altar, swears by any and everything on it. Whoever swears by the temple, swears by it and by him who dwells in it. Whoever swears by heaven, swears by the throne of God and him who sits upon it. So what is Jesus doing here? He saying there is no loophole. There is no secondary way of making vows that's going to protect you from taking God's name man, if you don't fulfill your commitment. You can't divorce God from their swearing, even though they were swearing on lesser things. And neither can us. You don't have a loophole, saints. There is a no secondary method that's going to work. Because you've got to realize you are always in God's presence in word and deeds. You're always in His presence at all times. So you can swear to all these other things and think you can read your way out of it. Jesus is saying there is no law. There is no way out and here's the, 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 what is really the so-called loophole and the so-called secondary way of taking vows is really a mask for dishonesty. The only people who have to swear are those who really can't trust anyone. <laughs> <laughs> So these, these, this loophole, and these query methods, and these formulas, There are attempts to cover up deceitfulness in one part. It's faith integrity to promise to do something. When you know in your heart, you're not going to do it. Looks like there'll be lot this week, over the past month, over the past two or three months. What have you told someone you're going to do, just to sit because you're being nice, but knowing you ain't going to do it? Is that executive? How mm-hmm. have you used your tongue? I have you used your tongue in relation to yourself? How have you used it in relation to other people? What promises have you made if you are not going to see? Proverbs 18 says, From the fruit of their mouth, a person's stomach is filled. With the harvest of their lips, they are satisfied. The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will get its fruit. Jesus desires for his people to have a tongue of integrity, a tongue that is part of holiness. He wants you to be whole in the way you talk to each other. He wants you to have integrity in your words and in your speech. And a tongue with integrity is one that is honest, one that is trustworthy, one that tells the truth, the one that speaks the truth in love, even when the truth is hard to hear. One that fills up. One that speaks words of encouragement, and that's why Jesus says in His application, "Let what you say simply be yes or no." Yes. Nothing beyond that is going to Let what you say simply be yes or no. Mm-hmm. Be what you Your life should be so much more. If you can just say yes or no. It's okay to say no. Jesus calls the people to practice truthfulness and honesty in their words as opposed to dishonesty and faith integrity and in lies. Please don't promise to do something when you know in your heart you have no you have no intention of doing. Do. Don't commit yourself to a project, a work, or a cause. When you know you already over capacity. Why are you going to do that? Just say, I don't have time. And if they judge you for that, let them judge you. You already have the approval of the one who matters anyway. Don't agree to serve on any of our ministry teams when you have the intention to follow through. Just say, I, I, I ain't got time. Okay. Now I'm going to get mad about that. Don't tell sick people and hurt people to call you if they need anything when you send it just to be nice and you really don't want to call Don't even open your mouth. Please don't say to others, bless your little, little heart, when you know those words are the blessing. <laughs> That's not what those words are mean. <laughs> Renee Brown says, clear as time. Clear time. are you clear with people when you're talking are you clear with people in your commitment are you clear with people when you're telling them you're going to do something are you really clear with them are you clear with yourself why can't you tell them no maybe you should ask yourself that question if you overcommitted why can't you say no when you go to your closet and do business with Jesus Be honest with yourself. Be clear with yourself. Be trustworthy with yourself and others. Have integrity. Let your yes be yes and your no be no in all of your relationships. Can you do that? With your parents, with your kids, kids, your parents, spouses, friends, siblings. Yes is yes, no is no. In your workplace, in your community, in your clubs, in your politics, in your school, in your volunteer work, in the church, God often says a disciple is called to be light, even in his words. Mm. Disciple is called to be light, even in his words, and I'll say even how the way you use your tongue. Mm. Can you be light in the way you use your tongue? Can you speak light over those in your life? Can you speak hard stuff in a way that is loving? Yeah. And this also applies. Your to tongue is not just me talking, your tongue also applies to the social media. Okay? It ain't just face to face interaction. It's texting, social media, Twitter, Twitter. Twitter, Twitter <laughs> Facebook, all those things apply. Uh-oh. Amen. Amen a disciple is called to be like even on social media can you be a woman man or woman of your word because of who you are in Christ who are you I'm not calling you to do these things so you can go out here and say well I'm a good super Christian I'm calling you a sound because who you say you are in Jesus if you are in Jesus do you know who you are This is time to let ask you yes and no be no. Yes. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you, baby. Thank y'all. for the mouth of babies. Thank you. Amen. Teach your parents when you go home. <laughs> <wants to> <laughs> the Bible teaches that Jesus comes into this world in order to be a sacrificial lamb for sinners. And he said this in his prayer. Christ didn't die for friends. He didn't die for his homeboys. He didn't die for his crew. He died for his enemies. He died for those on the other side of the railroad tracks. That's what he died for. He comes to die for the sins of the world. And now through him, sinners are transformed into saints. Okay? We're transformed into saints. Yep. And when God sees us, he sees saints. Yep. We are saints who struggle with sin, yeah. but no longer slaves to it. Yep. That's Amen. the difference. So you can do you know who you are. Amen. And in Christ, you are a saint of the Lord God, a daughter of God forever your heavenly father, because of who you are, he always keeps his promises to you. Think about that. Has God ever broken a promise? To you. Can you look back over your journey in the faith and say this time in 2007, God broke his promise"? And you point to a time when God made a promise to you and never fulfilled it? No. He's not a God of broken promises. Not a father of broken promises. He keeps his word. He keeps his word. No shades of where his yes is yes and his no is no. He always speaks life into your life with integrity. Do you believe? Number 23, 9, 13 says, God is not man <coughs> that he should lie, yep. nor a son of man that he should change his mind. He, has he said and would he not do, or has he spoken and would not fulfill it? Do you believe that? Amen. Yeah, so if I'm calling you to have a tongue for the charity, it's because you have a God who's that way. not so you can go out and perform and get him to love you better. Mm. You already have all that stuff. Mm. He said, if I'm trustworthy with you, can you be trustworthy with me? Amen. Amen. I don't make promises to you with my holy hands, fingers caught behind my back. That's not how I deal with you. That's not how I treat you. I'm always transparent. I'm always honest. Sometimes God honestly hurts, convicts. Mm-hmm. And so, again, as Bernard Brown would say, your job is not to manage other people's emotions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's why some of you can't say no. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can't manage other people's emotions. That goes to your spouse and your kids. Okay? You can say no. And some of you need to say yes. i will Say Yes. <laughs> say yes. Yeah. 2 Corinthians 1.20 says for all the promises of God find their yes and and that is why it is through him that we utter our amen to God for his glory do you believe that Samuel? do you believe that? that all God's promises to you It says, I don't know what his promises is they're right here you want to know what they are you read this, and they'll tell you how much he loves you and all the promises he has for you. And these promises are not based on what you do. When God created the covenant with Abraham and they cut up all the pieces, you know, what that symbolizes that when you do those cut up those pieces, both parties entering into the covenant must walk between those cut-up animals. And that symbolizes this, that what that symbolizes is that if I break my part in the covenant, may my whole body be cut up like those animals. That's what that symbolizes. So that's That's what it means to cut a covenant in the Old Testament. They slaughter animals, they put them in the line, and both parties walked through. Guess who walked through? Abraham fell asleep. God walked through those pieces. You know why Abraham didn't walk through? Because Abraham wasn't going to make it. So God promised to Abraham if I do not fulfill my promise to you, Abraham, to make you a great nation, to be a blessing of other people, and may what happens to these animals happen to me. So God, God is saying, I'm going to do this, and if I don't do it, may this happen. Did he do it, y'all? Oh, he did. He did. Oh, if you want affirmation, if you want comfort of who your God is, read the Bible.
1: Yeah. Now I wish
0: he would come down and we could convince Jesus to come down and have a couple of talks. <laughs> <laughs> and, so, and he does that when I have awful one. Aha, i Amen. See these saying in light of who you are, Jesus, beloved, saint, son, daughter, forgiven, in light of who your Heavenly Father is, perfect true, faithful, promise-keeping God. Let your tongue speak with integrity as you deal with other people. Let your yes be yes and let your no be no. And Jesus' name, no. Father, we thank you. That